we'll, we'll introduce the show. We'll, we'll go again. I'll make the joke about peas again. <laughs> Should we just explain like the? This is this can be the intro. Is like telling how much we fucked up and mm. like fast yeah. about for yeah. a bit and then. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that could work. Describe yeah. in meticulous detail how funny the intro was that we just recorded. It was like the best intro in the world. Like, yeah. if I wrote a song about it, I'd call it Tribute. <laughs> and it'll be about the best intro in the world. <laughs> Casey pissed himself twice. Mm. <laughs> um, anyway, welcome to <laughs> Peas in a Pod episode six. Um, how was everyone's Christmas? Do you want to start again, Dylan? Yeah, it was really good. Um, it was much better than I was expecting, I thought, because it was quite a unusual, it'd be really boring, but it was actually a really good Christmas. I got a lot of good, I got quite a lot of good stuff, and it was also just, it was quite a nice vibe, despite, you know, what's going on. Mm. Um, yeah, it was really good. Yeah, we were talking before recording. Um, and I said, didn't I? Um, it was like, yeah, it was different and stuff. But it was sort of bittersweet because usually I work throughout Christmas, so it was nice to actually enjoy it and stay at home with Sam. Yeah, so. it was a nice break. <laughs> mm. um, like, I don't know, I felt quite exhausted from the year. <laughs> so just getting to sit back for a few weeks, I was like, oh, yeah. that's nice. I put on a stone over December. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> that's probably going to be the story of a lot of people. Yeah. You know, it happens, especially when um, you get given loads of chocolate and that. I got given these dairy milk chocolate things. I just ate them all in the one day. <laughs> I've, I've had to finally accept that I'm not a medium in t-shirt size anymore. And oh, no. I've had to like buy loads of new clothes. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, some of my larges are getting like, <laughs> and you I, know what was funny, it was funny. Um, so we went on to my brother and his girlfriend on Christmas day and she's I don't know how many months pregnant but the baby's due in March and I literally ate and drank that much during that day <laughs> I'm not lying like my stomach was almost the same size <laughs> rock hard I just looked at myself I was like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> how was yours Eddie then? Yeah, um, like like you say, it's a bit bittersweet because I didn't get to see everyone that I want to see mm. over Christmas period. But you know, like it's still nicer. Like it's uh, been nice between like the people I got to see it with. Mm. Um, and yeah, like it has been like because like obviously I work when I'm not here. I'm doing more like um, what's the, what's the fucking industry called? Caring. <clears throat> Hospitality. Hospitality, yeah. yeah. Like, I work in the hospitality industry. So, like, this time of the year is fucking the busiest. Yeah. And um, it's been nice not to work (laughs) fucking New Year's or over Christmas. uh, Yeah, it's actually been, like, a nice little break. So, looking on the upside of it, I mean, we've got... Yeah, it would have been nice to see more people, but I think, yeah, from what I had and, like, it was more humbling, I guess, this year. It Mm. was nice. Yeah, see what I mean. It was a lot more cosy, that I thought. Yeah, yeah. And like New Year's Eve, I had like a like a video call party for like a few hours. <laughs> which was good. So it was sort of like being at a party. Just Yeah. Yeah. That was yours. Case. Did you get um, a new fridge? <laughs> <laughs> Did Santa bring his sack? <laughs> Happy New Year guys. <laughs> nothing nothing's changed, has it? Okay. Um yeah, it was just, yeah, very much the same. Like, 
it was nice, you know, spending it with those that I could. But then, you know, my my brother obviously stayed in Manchester, uh, so yeah, I've missed all those that I, I couldn't see. Um, but you know, we can we can all keep in touch, can't we? However mm. we can, and uh, yeah, Christmas Day was nice. I still, yeah, I stuffed my face and ate plenty of chocolate. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, that was just the usual. I have so, to say, so. vegan chocolate's getting better every year, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's getting... Why some exotic Thornton chocolates this year? Oh. Nutty. Do you know what I was really looking forward to? What? That, um, the massive lump of marzipan that Ed promised me <laughs> for Christmas. Yeah. Like, live on air. And it's yet to... Materialise. <laughs> Do you know what? Marzipan is actually harder to acquire than a fart. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I'm buying it all. <laughs> <laughs> I get there first. Casey got us. You're raising the stock prices of. Yeah. <laughs> you're hoarding too much marzipan. <laughs> yeah, you well, go. you know, we're heading into another lockdown as we speak. <laughs> so. Get all the marzipan you can. That's my slogan. And you got a pedal board, didn't you, Casey? I did. Yeah. Uh, courtesy of Mr. Joe Martin. Mr. Joe Tintin Martin, um, yeah, it was yeah. We saw it at a good price. I've needed one for ages instead of carrying all my um, my pedals around in a Sainsbury's bag that is then inside my rucksack. <laughs> yeah. They're they're all getting trashed and yeah, the uh, the switches are falling off them and shit. I finally got a new tuner pedal because my other one was giving me issues. <laughs> yeah. You got a boss now, aren't you? Is it is uh, a two yeah. U three? I think. Yeah, it is. Um, Good stuff. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so I was also having issues with my amp, where, um, where, with the other amps it seemed to be fine, but with the Marshall, although it did still buzz a bit, but with the Marshall it really buzzed, mm, mm. which could have been because I had quite a lot of gain on. But as soon as I took that other tuner pedal out and I decided to re- remove my wire pedal because I don't use it. Um, it's fixed it the issue, just, it? it just instantly fixed it's it. Cleaned right <laughs> up. So it could yeah. well have been one of those pedals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Um, but yeah, how's everyone New Year? Just, just before we move uh, on to that very quickly, it might be worth sort of mentioning that um, I've even been looking online and stuff, um, do, doing the best I can to find out, but none of us really know um, a particular person in Hull for fixing pedals and just just working on pedals like i know a few people for amps you know mm. um there are, i think there are several places you can go get your amps repaired but nowhere that kind of specializes in pedals um so maybe if anyone out there anyone listening like mm. can do it themselves or knows of anyone let us know you know maybe just no, get I in remember, touch um, and then we, we'll we'll share it on the page um and let's let's spread the word you know mm-hmm. go on Ed. sorry um <laughs> Thingy from who used to be in Still, um, Titch. Right. He does a. He's like a part of offensive audio. Mm. He designs his own pedals. I don't know if he's still mm. in that business, but he does build his own. Right. Might so he, he might well be able to. Might be worth a shout. Yeah. Well, it's something we want to do here eventually, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Definitely. Just like yeah, yeah. once we sort of get to grips with the schematics and um, yeah, the ins and outs of yeah. I've always been interested in that. Mm. Like mm. possibly one day making 
my own pedal and stuff. Mm. I think we should but start doing pedal reviews as well. That'd be pretty sick. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be oh, yeah. God, a whole episode in itself. We, we forgot to do it. I, I, well, I've been saying for a while we should do like, a gear. gear one. Because yeah. 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 Uh, I've, I've, I've just acquired a new pedal that I really want to review mm. and test out. You could do that a, next a little, uh, Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do you want to give us a little a little tease then, Ed? What what's this new pedal? Um, Spire's company, well, it's there's this, there's this really cool independent zine called Lady Fuzz. A zine. Mm. That specialises in um, like females and music and stuff like that. Mm. But um, like they do like a, quite a lot of across the board stuff. Mm. But um, they recently teamed up with um, this independent pedal company in Cardiff called. Life is unfair audio, and they re- so they collabed and made this like cool like lady fuzz pedal. Nice, and he looks amazing, and it's coming <laughs> soon. I'm really excited. What type of fuzz is it? Lady fuzz. <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's, it's a not a Mister Fuzz. <laughs> no, is, it, is it germanium or? Um... I think it's a mix of germanium and silicone. Yeah, but um, it's supposed to be quite useful for um chords with like like quite a lot of like extensions like sevens and oh, that right, right. so you can ha- kind of hear more of the articulation of the notes mm. yeah see that's useful for me that's one thing Roman, where it does get yeah if you're doing stuff like that you don't really hear it that much but the actual tone of my fuzz is just perfect so. yeah. <laughs> like i mean because like quite a lot of like like i found out recently maybe like a few years ago now like um what distortion tends to do is it enhances the octave and the fifth a lot mm. so when you do do like all these like funky uh, extension chords and stuff like that it becomes quite dissonant because you're actually emphasizing quite a lot of the different harmonic turns of yeah. different mm. things mm. and so like obviously having having a fuzz that can like be a lot more clearer and have like these fun- I mean that's probably why I like using the funkier chords anyway because they are a bit more yeah. like dissonance and there. Uh, mm. But um, it is nice to probably have that more clarity to kind of, especially to hear the notes, especially for like singing and stuff on top of it. Stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Am I right in saying Jama- uh, silicon fuzz is more of that sort of velcro fuzz, the real like, you know, static Yeah, kind of. and then germanium's more like the warmer sort of like big muffy sort of sound. Oh, I, I, th- I, th- I think I think my understanding is it's kind of like that, but germanium is. It kind of just a wider range. I think that can do the uh, staticky thing anyway. Am I right? I, th- I think Germanium... As well as the more sort of herned fuzz. Mm. Uh, I, I might be wrong. I mean, I I, I, I confuse them a lot as well. Mm. But I think it's just... They're not... They're, they can sound quite similar. Mm. But I think they're... I think Germanium's more likely to change through temperature. Mm. Mm. I think that's oh. kind of more... The, the, the old school way of making them, I think, probably more the classic, like, kind of... Hendrix-style fuzz, maybe. Like a fuzz mm. face, maybe. Oh, wait, was that silicon? That might have been silicon. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused. Because <laughs> on, on man, uh, on my pedal, the two, the two no- other than the out- output, the two knobs on it are hair and pain, <laughs> which I love. And then hair has that like real like. If you turn that up, that's the real like um, Valkyrie like, you know. Yeah, like the stacky sort of sound. Mm. But then if if you turn that on the pain up, that's the more like warmer. Like beefier sort of song, mm, mm. Um, so I wonder if, yeah, I can't remember what what that is. I think Germanium is a lot more vintage, and kind of silicon's mm. more the modern, yeah, equivalent. Like the um, Jack Whitey sort of sounding fuzz. 
Well, I don't know what he, he might have used a bit of both to be fair. Because mm. the, the, the everyone, everyone is like, Jack White not just like I know obviously he uses pedals because he uses like a whammy a Digitech uh, you know pitch shifter and yeah. stuff. But like I'd have thought most of his term was like amp. And no, I'm sure he does use full. Yeah, right definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I doubt you'd be able to get that sound just out of an amp. Fair enough. Unless you like massively modified it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know the um, uh, the Kinks how they got their distorted sound from. Uh, what was the first one? And you really, really got me. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. They, like, was it broken curtains? Yeah, they cut, cut the curtains. Yeah, yeah, yeah slice mm. the curtains. Oh yeah, I, I think like um, the Stooges did the same it. thing. Yeah. Really, that well, wasn't even intentional though. Mm. Like I think, <laughs> I think, I think he just like yeah. I think I read an interview with him. I think he just said like uh, it must have been like like him had a breakup with his girlfriend and he was just really frustrated. I think <laughs> he just kind of just attacked his amp, oh. but then it kind of sounded sound good. So he was like, oh fuck it, I'll just yeah. give it that. I think um, Rolling Stone magazine called it the first hard rock riff. And yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you can kind of see mm. see that. Because everyone said, like, the first metal song was Hell Skeleton. Skeleton. Yeah. But yeah. then p- some people say, yeah, it's actually The Kinks. Mm. Not mm. not You Really Got Me, but the other one, I can't remember the name of it. I can't, I, I can't remember how it goes, you know. Have you, have you heard the first yeah. song with... Is it all, all Day and All of the Night? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's a great riff. You've ever had the first song with fuzz in it? Is uh, it a, a Wipeout song or something? No, it's v- just... The Ventures, sorry. No, yeah, it's just like a really uh. normal song until the fuzz part comes in. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> but it's, I think it was just like a broken, like... Um, like, do you know when you plug your guitar into, like, a mix and death? I mean, it was just like one of them was broken and it was mm. blown out to proportion. Mm. And, like, it was like, actually, that sounds pretty good, that. Kind of that's sounds, in, that's sounds like, a bit like a trumpet. Yeah. So I think that's what they're trying to emulate. That's like Revolution, isn't it? Beatles. That's how they did that. Plugged it into the mixing desk and just like distorted that. Yeah. Like and that's how they get that it? distorted sound. Out yeah. Of that. Oh yeah. Oh, that's really start, especially that intro to mm. Revolution. You um, know that? Um, I'm gonna have to look into it. I'm kind of looking now on my phone, but that Link Ray instrumental Rumble, and that's from like 1958. Mm. But do, do you know the one I mean? It's just literally everyone knows it. It's just bow now now ding 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 like that sort of bow yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he does the the little licks and stuff yeah. on top. Well, that it's from nineteen fifty eight, and like despite being an instrumental, it was banned from radio because like it was too sexy a smell. <laughs> well, it was called rumble, and the, the literally that and like just the sheer attitude of the song. People thought that it, it could like incite public violence and like gang gang crime. <laughs> there's no, there's no lyrics like to it either. There's no it? lyrics. It's yeah. an instrumental, and they thought it was gonna like li- literally bring about gang crime. That's but, the power, um, power chords, though, isn't it? Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Caution. Yeah, yeah. That's why. But power yeah, and this is it. So but that's that's what I'm saying. I, I want to know. I'm gonna have to look into. It does say like yeah, yeah. Rumble utilized the techniques of distortion and feedback, then largely unexplored in rock and roll. And I'm just saying on the Wikipedia now. So that, that was 1958. So I wonder what. He Didn't was know doing, that was that early. Yeah. yeah, it's a fantastic song as well. Because the thing is, the distortion turn is lovely on it. It's really, yeah. really nice. It's got like a but, brightness to it. And, but yeah. I think before, before that time, before distortion, no one was really utilizing power chords. Mm. That's probably kind of why the sound's so big yeah, and it's powerful. Yeah. It's because of the emphasis of the harmonic range mm. of the octave and the fifth. Mm. When you play it, it just sounds huge. Mm. Mm. Bow, now, now, ding, 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 
Right, okay. Yeah. So that was a massive, massive tangent. Sorry, Dylan. Should we get back to everyone's New Year's? Yeah, like, because... <laughs> <laughs> this is why... Let's not talk gear. Let's talk New Year. Yeah. Like, how was it for everyone? Because obviously... New it was good. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't get enough gear. Yeah. I didn't get enough yeah. lovely distortion pedals. And yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's not the type of gear you're on about, Casey. Because it, <laughs> it's like new, new, year, new Year, especially like New Year's Eve is usually a time where people will like, you know, hang out with each other and get really wasted. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You obviously couldn't do that this time. So, I mean, I'm not really a party type person on New Year's Eve, so it wasn't that different for me personally. Mm. I spent most... I, I think I spent some of it just like learning network songs on guitar. Mm. So, I mean, that for me, that was a New Year's Eve well spent. <laughs> so, what did everyone else do then? Mate, it was kicking off to the my street. No fucking fireworks going off. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Well, actually, oh. on the street. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I saw uh, Rosie's um, story. Yeah, there was just smoke all the way down the street everywhere. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> Should we go on to our, um, our topic then? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. What is the topic? We're only half an hour into the show, so... Well, no, well. again, that's like 15 <laughs> minutes off that. Be... Oh, 15 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Right, okay. Oh, that's not bad, then. So we have to restart. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so this week's is about favourite film, documentary game, scores and soundtracks. Um, yeah, so... Eddie, do you want to go first? Ah, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> that sounds like a no. What a I've great got, I've got, I've got, um, I've got so many. I don't know where to start. Should we stick stick to like, t- yeah, two, two, yeah, oh. and then we can go back. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I've got. I, I could do like a few honorable mentions later. Mm. On. Oh, um, yeah. Right. Okay. I'm going to say like this is a film that Casey showed me, so you know this very well. I Heart Huckabees. Oh, shit, yeah. Like, I think John Bryan. Is it Bryan? Bryan? Yeah, something like that, isn't it? But, like, he, I haven't he, seen it in a long he's time. Done, he's done Great loads fun. of, like, soundtracks, I think. For, like, mm. things like Internal Sunshine and Spotless Man and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Mm. Like, it's quite... He's done, like, really cool music with, like, Elliot Smith and um, Fiona Apple and that. But there's just some... I think there's, like, something special about the High Heart Huckabees soundtrack because it's kind of... It's quite juvenile in some ways, but then sort of like very like the whole like because I think this, this, the main song of it's like "Knock Yourself Out," mm. which is, if you've seen the film, the mm. plot, it kind of mm. goes along with the kind of lot of the uh, philosophical and existential elements of the. the it's like well, it's an existential comedy. It's kind of what it's known as, mm. but it's like the, the soundtrack just feels really fun. I think mm. as well, and just kind of like the music to it, and I kind of enjoy <clears> listening to. It. I think mean, I wouldn't even listen to it outside of it I think mm-hmm. and um, maybe I mean I'm not I'm not 100% fan of all of her films but I really enjoy Sofia Coppola's soundtracks right because she, she's like really good at making like some of the best soundtracks like Mary Antoinette apparently that's like I've never seen the film but my girlfriend always plays a soundtrack in the background and it's always like full of good songs oh nice but the, I think the one the most defining one of her career was probably the Lost in Translation soundtrack, oh. which like features like tons of like cool like shoegaze yeah, music. Yeah, 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 it's great. Um, I think I've Kevin, Sh- seen that. Kevin Shields even has his own original song on it. Oh, that right. he did for the film. I think it's like City Girl, and then maybe like a double one. And it's just full of like loads of like great like kind of shoegaze or shoegaze s kind of songs and stuff. I think there's maybe like. Like a Marbury Valentine song, and there's like a 
a Jesus and Mary, Jesus and Mary train song in there. Mm. Jesus and Mary train. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to make one of those Thomas the Tank Engine memes we're on about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thomas goes shoegaze. <laughs> Have me moshed to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'll say uh, yeah, it. Yeah, Dylan. Um, so we just we're going with two, right? Yeah, two now, and then yeah. we can go back. Okay, well, um, I'll straight up just say Star Wars. That's mm. like it's one of my favorite scores of all time by John Williams. Like it's one. Which one, the originals or the prequel one? I don't know. Just <sighs> you've got Jewel of the Face. Yeah, Jewel of the Face. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is difficult <laughs> because. Like, that's already on our uh, playlist yeah. <laughs> obviously the main theme is absolutely amazing mm. and um, like the scores in all the original films are great but then obviously you've got Jewel the Fates and then you've got like the um, Mustafa theme like yeah, when yeah. like the, where it's kind of like a tragic version of Jewel of the Fates mm. which actually it was meant to be like a tragic version of that like mm. George Lucas specifically said that it's meant to be like it's the it's a reference, you know, to the fact that because obviously in Jewel of the Fates it's quite um, what do you call it? Like, what's the best way to describe Jewel of the Fates? I think it like it's it's the whole thing of like um, it is quite tense. There's yeah. a lot riding on it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? That's mm. that's why it's used in the particular scene that it is in the film. Yeah. It's like it, it's going to determine the whole future of the saga. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, but I, I think that actually is how George described it. Yeah. I think it's it's just um, yeah. So the I, I'd call the soundtrack, yeah. you know, tense. Yeah, you know. and then obviously because on Mustafa, it's two people who did care about each other fighting. Mm. So it's it, it's obviously like a more tragic kind of take on that score. Um, and even though I'm not too fond of the sequel trilogy. John Williams still did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Like he made stuff in those films feel maybe a bit more epic than they were just because <laughs> of the music. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I felt like some of the moments that felt epic in the films that actually were were just helped by the score. Um, so for some reason I didn't know he did the sequels, but it makes sense. Um, yeah, he did. I think yeah. I think he even did like Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah. It's just the anthology films and the spin-off films where yeah, he didn't yeah. do it. Um, oh, but another favourite film score that I have is um, Rambo First Blood, which is like a film from 1982, Sylvester Stallone. Mm. For anyone who didn't know, Rambo is like... Uh, well, it's the character John Rambo. He's, like a, he's, he's a soldier that came back from Vietnam. Um, and he's living homeless. And in this first film, he's arrested for vagrancy. Um but um, being in prison, it kind of triggers his PTSD and Cena rears ever reminds him of like being captured mm-hmm. and he escapes and it leads him on like an, um, like a chase through this forest and being a soldier from Vietnam and knowing guerrilla tactics, it's like it has some of that where he doesn't kill any of the cops. One of them dies, but it was by accident and it kind of escalates even further. But the score in that film is just... Amazing. Um, oh, what's the composer called? Jerry Goldsmith. He's called. Mm. Um, and I mean, because there's he does the score for like three of the films, and all the scores are amazing. But this first film, it really captures like the internal 
stuff that's going on in Rambo's head and like the trouble that he's suffered and how broken he is and it's just like Star Wars it just really elevates the film in general mm. and yeah I'd say that's one of my favourite scores as well cool yeah, so what about you Nick for man uh, I'm gonna say Jeff Barrow and Ben Salisbury mm. Jeff Barrow was in Party Said mm. um, but they've done a couple of films uh, oh, what's the director called? Um, anyway, it's the same. Oh no, it's it's the guy who wrote Twenty Eight Days Later. Mm. But it's two films where he wrote and Was directed. It Danny Boyle. No, no, he directed it, but he didn't write it. I forgot. Oh, his name. Okay. But um, <laughs> yeah, one of the fil- films is Ex Machina. But oh, my, yeah, but my yeah. favorite one, what that Jeff oh, Bar- Barrow and Ben Salisbury's done. That's really annoying because I might know who. Who were involved with X Machina, but now I can't think. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, the other one, um, yeah, Annihilation. That's it. Oh, uh, right, yeah. yeah. I've never seen it. It's but got I Natalie Portman know. in it. Oh, it does, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, the soundtrack for, to that is so good. Like, right. I won't ruin it, I won't tell the story of the film, mm. but it makes it sort of like real eerie. And like, there's a track near the end, one of the climactic parts, that's got this like synth bit in it. Which is like, it it just makes it so intense, and it, mm. it's real minimalistic, but it's it just work, it do, does its job perfectly. Um, but yeah, it's great. It's it's a great mix between because Ben Salisbury, he did he's more of like a classical composer, and he did like nature documentaries for BBC until he met uh, Jeff Barrow. But then Jeff Barrow's from like the electronic background, so it's a perfect mix of them two uh, worlds of music. But. Uh, yeah, that soundtrack's amazing. Then my other choice would be the Last of Us game soundtrack, um, which is Gustav Santiago, I think mm. his name is. But, I mean, that's just that's just legendary, that soundtrack. I mean, he uses a lot... He's from Argentina, I think, yeah. And he uses a lot of, like, the traditional, like, Argentinian instruments and stuff. Oh, nice. And it perfectly, like... A lot of it's sort of, like, folky, but... The game Last of Us, if you don't know, it's like a zombie apocalypse game, yeah. and it perfectly like represents that like loneliness in that world. And the, mm. but then it can get intense, and these mm. use of some electronics in it, but it's just it's just such a unique soundtrack for for that type of story. Yeah, yeah. and it just it works. It's just so good. But yeah. probably they're my top two. Yeah. Have you played uh, Last of Us Part Two? No. See, I, I've not either. I, I haven't even played the first one, to be honest with you. But I was watching, um, I watched the Game Awards the other week, and um, on part two, there's um, Eddie Vedder on the soundtrack. And so uh, he, he performed yeah. the song live at the Game Awards. Yeah. It was really, really good. Obviously, think, streamed from his house or whatever, yeah. but it was it was a really I good think, song. Yeah, because I think in the game, you can, like, the bit where you can actually play songs on guitar. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah, is it that bit? And then you, it's a. Like I'm not sure to be honest with you, but it's it, set in Seattle. Yeah, so. yeah, mm. I and know. He, like that, the song he performed is heavily featured in part two. Mm. Yeah. Um, on on a segue of Freddy Vedder, has any of you ever listened to his ukulele albums? No, I think he has like two solo ukulele albums. Oh wow! And the both banging. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'll check those out. That sounds well mm. good. Yeah. Is it? Is it like even remotely grungy? <laughs> I, um, can't, I can't. Picture it. You know some of it, some of it's quite sad, I think. Right. And some wow. of it's quite like happy. I don't know. 
Because it did the soundtrack for the, the Wild, like, Wildebeest people, didn't it? No, no. What am I thinking of? No way. I'll come back to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Casey, what's your favourite too, then? So, yeah, I'm still struggling. I'm, I'm going to have to have a few honourable mentions, but I think... Yeah. Well, we're going back. So the two I'll go in, in depth are... Um, an obvious one and then a not so obvious one but mm. my obvious one is Forrest Gump you know everything from you know I, I, I think my, my favourite moment is The Doors yeah. um, like it, it's just a really sort of climactic point in the film oh, yeah. uh, again a very tense point in the film and uh, but you know I love the way as it goes through the decades in the film the, the, the soundtrack is, is of the era do you know what yeah. I mean oh, yeah um, so it's like it is kind of a nice little sort of history of contemporary music, mm. um, like you know some of the popular artists of the of the time um, yeah. in each decade as it goes through the film. It's just it's interesting as the story develops, just hearing the music develop yeah. as well mm. uh, alongside mm. it. It's uh, yeah, um, uh, as well um, as I think that just the, the actual implementation yeah. of the particular songs with the narrative yeah. it is. Uh, um, yeah, like as good as you're gonna find in. Um, kind of on the topic of Forrest Gump, you know, because he fights in Vietnam War. Mm. Uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops One from 2010, mm. kind of does a good job with that. Like mm. it does have mm. like obviously it's one of those games where you don't really analyze the score, but it actually does have a really yeah. good score that matches the turn of that film. Because I agree with it. Because yeah. the Black Ops is obviously quite like like the themes are quite dark yeah. and the score really gives you that unsettling feel but then like you have a lot of those songs that are associated with like you know the Vietnam mm. era mm. like oh. See, there's quite a lot of Call of Duty games yeah. that have good uh, scores in it yeah. and like yeah. even like when you you know the multiplayer bit it's um, like the the waiting room sort of areas Wild and War the, has a really good one yeah but, but the music in yeah. it like yeah mm. even like um because obviously, modern warfare kind of went to that more like blockbuster, you know, mm, kind of yeah. thing. Because obviously, like even the first modern warfare had quite a realistic, serious turn. But then, like, this is to a Scott. Like you can just hear with the score, modern warfare two just completely changes the tone, you know. Yeah. Um. Actually, Hans Zimmer did the score for modern warfare two. It was his first like game. Mm. You can kind of tell that it's Hans Zimmer because of the real big boomy. Yeah. See, I, I do like some of Hans Zimmer's stuff. Yeah, but I don't want to mention him because I've heard that he's a right arsehole. Oh, <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. I was uh, thinking the the Vietnam scene in in Forrest Gump. Yeah. Obviously, it's got Hendrix all along the Watchtower, mm. and it's just yeah. like it's just so appropriate. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? When it's you know the the, the sort of it's that. You know, wide shots of the uh, just the the thick rainforest mm. uh, yeah. and just the that riff, just like because obviously on the original mix of the song, you know, it's like a fade in anyway. Yeah, from, from like the wah into the so it's just like it's so atmospheric to begin with. It was a perfect I think choice. Any any film that has along the watchtower just feels way more epic when it comes yeah. <laughs> like there's a scene in with Neil and I yeah with Neil and I yeah and, and destroying um, that building and was it uh, <laughs> I've got a funny story about that but it's a and bit is uh, it Watchmen a bit X-rated for oh, the, the podcast yeah. in the Watchmen the film yeah yeah. that's an amazing soundtrack yeah mm. is it in that as well yeah, yeah. Oh, right. see um, some of the um, 
Like, I'm not necessarily a big fan of some of the DC Universe films, but a lot of the scores can be pretty good in them films. Mm. Like, um, obviously, we're not talking about Hans Zimmer that much, but his scores in Man of Steel and Batman v Superman are pretty good. Um, but then, like, obviously people do complain about the fact that he always has the booming kind of score. Yeah, he always <laughs> yeah, has, like, that not... repetitive motif of, yeah. like, a... Um, it's like the clock thing in it. Mm. I think they're so. not they're not very memorable. I think. Yeah. And I think sometimes a good score is something that can kind of like resonate yeah. with you. Yeah. When when That's... a scene comes up, when that score creeps in, yeah. yeah, it gives you that kind of. Yeah. He's good at one thing and that's epicness, isn't it? Atmosphere, isn't it? Well, yeah. see, that's kind of what I like about with me with the first Blood and Star Wars themes is although like. I don't know, like, Rambo isn't very known to mainstream audiences now, I'd say, you know, because it's quite an old film. But the ta- but for people who are fans of those films, the score is very memorable. Yeah. It's the same with Star Wars, everyone fucking knows Star Wars. Yeah. Especially, um, oh, the Imperial March. Yeah, yeah that's very... Dun, yeah. Dun. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of, shall I get yeah, to my, my, not, yeah, my not-so-obvious mm-hmm. choice is um, <clears throat> a film called Koyani Skatsi. I don't know if anyone. I don't think I've seen that. What's it. it like? It's <sighs> different. <laughs> so it's, it was a film. Uh, the, the the original one, Kiani Skatsi, was in 1982, but it's part of a trilogy. I think the second one was like 1988, and then it wasn't until uh, so look, 2002 right. when they did the third one. Um, so yeah, it was Kiani Skatsi, and then Power Power Katsi and then Nokoi Skatsi. Oh, no, Nokoi Katsi, sorry, was the last one. Right. But Kiani Skatsi, the original one, it was Philip Glass who did the oh, soundtrack. Shit. And um, basically, the, the there's no narrative or... Well, there's kind of a... You could argue there's a narrative, but there's no dialogue in the film. The entire mm. thing is just the soundtrack right. and then basically like a, a montage of... Um, just various sort of like scenes from just 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 around the world, um, and basically the underlying premise of the film, Kiani Skatsi is like a herpy um, Aztec word, and it just means life out of balance. So the whole the whole um, idea is, you know, this is herpy tradition of the the age of they they prophesized hmm. the age of Kiani Skatsi in which the world would be out of balance. Human beings would be out of touch with nature and natural right. order of things. And mm. um, that's what the film depicts. It shows, um, you know, I think it was quite quite fl- very forward thinking in the 80s. It's just showing our impact on the planet, mm. um, how not only like how we're damaging the planet, but how our abuse of the planet is also detrimental to ourselves and the way we live our lives. It com- it does come back on us because we've thrown it out of balance. Mm. It's do you know do you know what I mean? To to get things back in balance, we're we're suffering the consequences of that. But Philip Glass just does an incredible job of the soundtrack. The the mm. whole thing is, um, you know, he I think he he takes heavy inspiration from like like the herpy sort of mantras and the chanting and. Uh, right things like that but then right through to like you know he's, he's using using mm. things like you know it gets orchestral at times obviously and it's like you yeah. know it's like bells and all right. kinds of things going on and it's just you 
it's a real roller coaster. Do you know what mm. I mean? And yet the film's about it's probably about you know standard sort of feature yeah. length, ninety mm. minutes long or something like that. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like it. It it's mm. well, it kind of does, but it doesn't feel like a drag. Do you know what I mean? Despite yeah. like having absolutely no dialogue, the soundtrack is that good and mm. is so well considered. Um, you know, um, alongside the visual imagery, it's obviously been composed to go alongside it. The it is a journey. You know, it's a real mm. journey, and mm. and it holds up to this day. Like despite being early eighties, yeah. you can watch it now, and it's like you could, you know, think it was a modern yeah. day production. It's really, really good. You know, um, like obviously, you talked about some quite serious stuff there, but I kind of giggled to myself because you said a drag. And I was right. kind of thinking of you Isn't know the it network. A drag. <laughs> oh, oh uh, yeah, spike. the network stuff. You know, it's kind of a drag. <laughs> it's kind of a drag. <laughs> oh god. Hey, but, um, um, a lot of you have talked about scores. I don't think I mentioned any scores. Mm. But the oh, one wait, ones yeah. that really stood out to me in terms of scores are ones that feel like a part of like a character in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, have you seen Taxi Driver? Bit. Yeah, I think it's really Bernard Herman. It's like I think it's like a, it's like a saxophone maybe or something, but it kind of feels right. like hmm. it's involved with the character as it kind of gets more crazy towards the end. Oh, yeah, a lot similar to um, has anyone seen Birdman? I was, I was just about to say that yeah. with the, with the <laughs> That's drums. The one with yeah. Michael yeah. Keaton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so it's so clever. Like mm-hmm. Michael Keaton, who used to play Batman, is like a washed up like superhero actor in the film. I think uh, Edward Norton plays himself, mm, yeah. probably, how, <laughs> or how we perceive yeah. Edward Norton to be. Um, and it's just it's just a clever film about someone kind of literally just kind of going a bit insane, but then yeah. he's got this, like, jazz drummer that's kind of playing, and it kind of plays off, like, his character as he develops through yeah. the film and yeah. stuff like that. It's really incredible. That won a Grammy, didn't it, that soundtrack for that? Shall yeah, I? I think it must have, yeah. Yeah, kind of referencing with... Like Taxi Driver, obviously Joker took a lot of influence on that film. Yeah, yeah. that score's pretty good as well. Yeah, it's still a chillest one. Because um, like the Joker one really gets like like how the character is through the music. Yeah. Like especially like um, like um, you know the uh, I mean spoilers if you haven't seen Joker, but I assume most of you listening have. <laughs> um, but you know like the scene where um. It all where it's finally revealed that his relationship with that woman was just all in his head. Yeah, yeah. and he went into a house, and that the scoring that was just yeah, like such a creepy scene. Yeah, it is just really creepy. But it does like it that. See, I mean, I'm massively into my scores and stuff. And yeah, when I when I watch something where <clears throat> I like the score. Mm. I keep an eye on who's done it and then what the else have done. Yeah, and yeah. I knew the, the woman who I can't remember her name. I know she's yeah. Icelandic. But the woman who did Joker, she did the Chernobyl series, oh. and when I watched that, it it's similar. Like it's just most of it's just like one cello and that, right. but it just works so good and it's so eerie. And mm. then I watched Chernobyl. I was like, right, I'll keep an eye on it. Then found out that she was doing Joker. I was like, that's fucking perfect. Yeah. And it was. Mm. Um, right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's <coughs> that's a great. Was that yeah. uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers music video? Uh, by, for the one for By the Way, and that, I think that's based on Taxi Driver, isn't it? Do you yeah. know, because like, you get uh, taken hostage yeah. uh, and like. 
yeah, I've seen yeah. that video. Mm. I only found that out recently, and then I've, I've been meaning to watch it because yeah. I still haven't seen Taxi Driver. Because in Taxi Driver, in it, so. where the famous line of "You talking to me" comes yeah, yeah. from, oh, is that in there? It's, it's, yeah. it's not. It's is not, it in that it's one? It's not as like yeah uh, big as you think it seems. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite funny. It's just him talking to yeah. himself in the mirror. I have kind <laughs> of seen it. Picking himself up. Yeah. <laughs> like I've I've seen like a preview of the scene, but I've never seen the film. I really want to though. Yeah, it's one of them. That's, that's about a Vietnam soldier, isn't it? Like, is Robert De Niro like a ex Vietnam vet or something? I, I think remember. so. Yeah, that kind yeah. of where a lot of the. Yeah. Thing, but I think oh, yeah. quite a lot of the story is about. Yeah. Loneliness away because like mm. he's quite a lonesome character. Like he's not like he doesn't have many friends, and like kind of how like loneliness can actually change mm. a person and make him yeah. a bit mad in the head mm. sometimes and. Mm. So you, from just Ed's description of that, you can hear some of the influence they took, you know, for Joker. But that like was one the, of the criticisms that Joker got was yeah. it was a bit too similar to yeah. Taxi Driver and was it the King of Comedy as well? Uh, yeah, I've yeah, seen the King of Comedy. But then, really like, is, maybe, that, is that right? Then is it still sort of similar? It is very, very similar. Yeah. Maybe like the second one can kind of fix, you know, some mm. of that. With I mean, I still think Joker's a great film, but yeah, I mean, it, it did yeah. top. Fight Club has been my favourite film. Oh, I, th- I think well, what was great about the whole joke thing, I think because it came out of like a Martin Scorsese comment about how like how like superhero films aren't real cinema. Mm. And in a way, they've kind of used Martin Scorsese's own films against yeah. him to kind of prove to him <laughs> yeah. you can still have a great kind yeah. of like superhero film that is 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 a character study. Mm. Isn't yeah. and is, like, I do think Joker's like re... Uh, Re- oh, what's the word? Reinvigorate. Yeah. Revitalize. Yeah. 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 Especially, especially like because I think with with like an adult rating film as well mm. that isn't yeah. just a joke like Deadpool or something. No. Yeah. But no, saying that, Watchmen, sorry. like you said, that that's that I think that's like similar. Where it's it tells a great story and it's not your typical superhero film. Mm. Didn't they have MCR on that soundtrack as well? Yeah. Yeah. Doing like a Bowie cover or something. Do- Bob, oh, Bob Dylan. Dylan, Bob Dylan. Because um, yeah. I think in in the comic, in the comic, um, what's his name, Alan Moore, like he re- references loads of Bob Dylan songs mm. throughout the entirety of the book, and one of them's all on the Watchtower, which mm. is why they play that song. Uh, I think right. why Desolation Row is mentioned. Why mm. MC do a cover of that? Because it's mentioned in the. I MC, I was in the soundtrack for that. <laughs> I didn't even know that either. Um, when. Uh, yeah, sorry, a couple of minutes ago, you, you, you mentioned Fight Club. Yeah. Uh, I think that, it's funny, because I was considering that for my honourable mentions. Yeah, but well, then, that, that was going to be But then point. I was thinking about it, and it's like, I, you know, all I can really remember is the Pixies, whereas my mind, obviously, oh, absolutely right. iconic moment. I See, and then I was like, what I, else is in I that? I don't thing? think it even no, is no. Pixies, though. It no, is, no, it's the Pixies. It's, it's no, it's yeah. the original. Um, yeah. But now I'm on about the score for it. I love the oh, scarf. Oh right, yeah. You know, who was originally going to do the scarf for it. Oh. Um, David Fincher wanted Radiohead, oh, right, but they right, turned right. it down and they went to the Dust Brothers. Mm. It was like they still like the Dust yeah. Brothers is in Chemical Brothers. They became Chemical Brothers. No, no, it's it's different. Oh right. Okay. Mm. Um, funny story. One of the Dust Brothers uh, produced the Pick a Destiny album. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but they, they did uh, the soundtrack to that, and it's so. It does work really good. That I might as well just talk about it because I was going to talk about it in my honourable mentions, but 
Um, I mean, we might as well just kind of start yeah. on the bumper yeah. now. Um, so, uh, let's go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's like, it's really like, like odd and quirky the soundtrack. Mm. Even though like the 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 story of the film's quite like dark and it's just yeah it's just like dirty. Not as not as in like the usual sense, but like a lot of the shots like it's, it's like real grubby and stuff. And obviously mm. there's, there's the fight scenes. Um, but yeah, the soundtrack's not really. It it it's not where you'd think it'd be. Like mm. there's one way it's like he's going through like. Uh, all the stuff in his apartment, and it's like got like price tags for everything. Cause the guy's quite a materialistic guy mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. start with, and it's just like what you'd imagine. I think the song on the album, because I've got the album on vinyl, um, mm. it's called something like um, IKEA World, something like that. All oh, right, and it's like this, uh, like like you know the music you hear in a shop, and it's like, like and like yeah, with a lot Almost of it, where, music, kind of. yeah, but yeah, a lot of it's like real. It's not your typical film score, but I think that's what David Fincher wanted because he wanted like a popular musician, uh, you know, like a it's like a pop music sort of you know person to, mm. to do it. But uh, yeah, I de- definitely. And s- some of the uh, if you listen to the album, it's got like clips of like bits in the film in it, but they remix it into the score, and uh, there's some quite funny bits in it. So that's one of my honourable mentions. Um, I'll quickly do my other one, which will be the documentary Before the Flood. Has anyone seen that? Maybe. It sounds kind of familiar. Leonardo DiCaprio's nature documentary. Well, no, not nature documentary, but about like climate change and that. I don't think I've seen it, but I, I must have heard about it. It's like my perfect soundtrack, because mm. it's a collaboration between... Uh, Trent, Reznor, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, Mogwai, and <laughs> Gustav Santiago did the Last of Us soundtrack. And I don't think Mogwai collaborated with the other two, they just have a few tracks on it. But the other, like, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and Gustav, like, collaborate on a couple of songs and do their own bits. <coughs> but that is just, that soundtrack's amazing. Um, mm. But yeah, that was prob- that's probably my honourable mention. Mm. I've got, like, Actual soundtracks is in ones which have songs rather than a score, but yeah. I might leave them. Anyone else wants to do theirs? Um, I'd say an old mention of mine that I've been thinking um, is Terminator. Like, oh, yeah. Especially the first one. Just the, the score is so good for that. Like, because um, it has like a lot of electronic elements in it. It's just yeah, like 80s. perfect yeah. for that kind of film and the turn of it. I think, right, I I might be wrong, but I'm pretty certain the guy who scored it did it all on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, with just loads of electronic sounds and that. Because um, I think the composer, I can't remember his name, but he was originally, I think he just did TV stuff. It was his first film. I was going to say, is it the same composer who did, I can't remember the film name, uh, the 80s like futuristic film with Harrison Ford. I don't know. Blade, Blade Runner. Yeah, is it the same guy who did Could that? Be, I'm not sure. Um, Cause it, it sounds very similar. But, uh, but I don't know. Just I mean, what? even Terminator Two's score's really good as well. Mm. Um, like you know, da, 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 da. it just perfectly captures you know the element of a Terminator just not stopping. Yeah. And like you know, being unstoppable. 
Um, I don't know. Can we mention TV show scores at all? Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I keep thinking Doctor Who. Like, yeah. That's one of the best scores. I mean, obviously, the theme tune is very iconic. Like, written before, like, even... Well, the original song, at least, was written before even, like, synthesizers were even yeah, I think, made. I can't remember how they made it. Like, with I, tapes I, and stuff yeah. on it. And stuff. It is... Re- it, and, and especially, like, you know, in New Who, the, um, the composer Murray Gold, he does such a good job in every series that he composed for. Like... Like, I don't know, like, um, if you think, you know, like, the score, you know when David Tennant's about to regenerate it. It's mm. just really like you know because there's like a choir thing in it. And it's just really good, and there are a lot of like the Matt Smith themes in it really, because like the, Matt Smith's first series was a bit like you know a fairy tale kind of theme, and the 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 tune um, the score on that really captures that fairy tale vibe of it. Yeah, um, and then Walking Dead does a good job with their th- like. There, that's a show that where people don't really talk about the score much, but when it's mm. needed, the score really does elevate a lot of the scenes. Um, yeah, it's, Walking Dead does really good job, and its main theme really captures the um, like the whole Turner show. American Horror Story kind of does that too with their mm. main theme tune. Um, going back to Doctor Who, um, you know the original series. Yeah, there what, was like, like, like within like, like when it came out in the sixties. Oh, yeah, right. There was like um, I, I remember watching a documentary on it, hmm. and there was like um, there was like one of the early pioneers of electronic music yeah. and sampling and oh, stuff yeah, like that. Was, I um, and I f- I'm sure like it was, they went for the BBC and it was like some like called the the BBC mm. Electronic Factory, or something right. like that. Yeah. Symphonic God, um, yeah, yeah something remember. like that. But yeah. You know, I don't know what the documentary's called, but I recommend yeah. that. But it's about the, they did all the Doctor Who stuff. Yeah. What would you say, like, in the modern Who stuff, which one would you say is your favourite title sequence? Eh. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say the newest one. Yeah. It's a bit I, more intense. Yeah, I, I quite like it because it kind of references back to the classic era. Mm. But I did. Um, See, I really liked um, Matt Smith's one. You know, like in his first series, first two series, anyway. Yeah. Um, and then, like, they kind of redid it in his last series, like for the second half of Matt Smith's last season, mm. and it kind of like that. It it was like the um, Jersey Whitaker one, where it references the classic who, and I quite liked that element of it. Yeah, but just so, there's so many epic scores in that show that really elevate the yeah. epicness of a lot of scenes, and just yeah, I can't fault it. <laughs> um, do you want to do an honourable mention, Casey? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I guess back to like a, a score, I suppose, but it's it's for uh, <clears throat> not a film, but the Metroid Prime trilogy video games. Um, mm. Mm. The first two were on the GameCube, and the third one was on Nintendo Wii. But then they also remastered the first two and released the whole trilogy on the Wii as well, with like the updated motion controls and stuff. And that's just one of my favourite game series of all time. It's absolutely mm. fantastic. But the um, the soundtrack is a, a big part of that. Um, it's done by two guys, composed by. 
uh, Kenji Yamamoto. Yes, I am reading that off a screen. And um, Koichi Kuma. Koichi Kuma. Um, and they just did an incredible job of just yeah immersing you in the world. You know, it's in in the Metroid series you you'll <clears throat> navigate all sorts of terrain, and it's like mm. you know there's like an ice world, and the music feels cold. There's mm-hmm. like you know bits where you're in like a sort of volcanic cavern like as if you're in like a volcano or something and it's like the music feels like hot and like i don't know a bit like um sort of claustrophobic you know you wouldn't like being around lava (laughs) where you could fall in at any second um but also um would you not like to be around lava (laughs) whoa not 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 as much lava as you're around in that game trust me and you're having to jump on these little platforms between it. It's like the <laughs> ultimate game of, like, the floor is lava. But yeah. Have you seen <laughs> the Netflix show? Of what? The floor is lava. Oh, no. It's I thought you were so going to say, like, a terrible. Metroid Netflix show. <laughs> be it's, like, like so <laughs> terrible. Oh, I've really? tried to watch an episode, and it's, it's so American. It's yeah. bad. <laughs> okay. It's, like, yeah. it's just over the top. As in, like, like cheesy American humour. Yeah. Is it humour, comedy? Yeah. Right. Do you have a guy in it called Brad? There's probably a <laughs> hundred brands in that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the go- lava's cool, though, the actual yeah. thing in it. It's yeah. really nice, yeah. Mm. yeah. I'd love, love to do it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Another good composer that I found, Danny Elfman. Oh, like, yeah. He did an absolutely yeah, fantastic absolutely. job with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Yeah. Like, I'll always remember the opening theme, you know, um, when it does the credit scene, mm. and especially the Batman theme, you know, from do you, do you, Batman think- 89 and... It's on the animated show as well, isn't it? I think his best work, though, is the Edward Scissorhands theme. Oh, that, that's really What was good. that, Danny Elfman? Yeah, the... Uh, yeah. The, uh, he, he did quite mm. a lot of Tim Burton stuff, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Mm. Um, unfortunately, though, like, I feel I, I still hear like resonances of that sort of stuff. Like, I think he did the Hellboy 2 soundtrack, maybe, mm. and there's like, very like similar ilks and stuff. Maybe like, he kind of rushed a lot of it yeah. with later stuff and that. But, yeah, he like, definitely did a lot of... Um, uh, Tim Burton stuff. Yeah, I think mm. he worked on. I think he, he sang on the Corpse Brad because mm. uh, they was trying to get this one with a really gruff voice. I think mm. he ended up doing it, but ended up fucking his fucking song. <laughs> <Yeah. for it. laughs> Talking about other composers, I've got to say actually, John Murphy. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. one? Who did them um, twenty eight days, days later? later. Right. Um, yeah. Probably one of the coming. first like post rock sound <clears throat> tracks on it. Yeah. Or scars. You know, I think twenty eight days good. later might have been an influence on The Walking Dead. I think probably. It was well, at least the team. Yeah, because it's yeah, him probably. waking up in the hospital, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's kind of the premise of Walking Dead as well. Mm. But I think yeah, well, like having guitar in a soundtrack was quite revolutionary in the way that mm. he he did it. Because I don't think many people were doing it as much. For what yeah. film particularly, sorry? To the 28 Days Later. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't know what else he's done. Well, I will say, like, with um, Walking Dead, a lot of their influences were, like, the George A. Romero films. Yeah, But yeah. maybe 28 Days Later had a hand in it as well. Mm. Um, when did when did 28 Days Later come out? Like, 2001? It could have been, because oh, the yeah, comic, the, the Walking Dead comic came out in... 2003, I think. Mm. I could be wrong. I think but 20 Days Later based on a comic thing as well. I don't know. Is it? I don't Wait, know. That. Yeah, I it remember. might be. Or a book. I'm not sure. Mm. But. Was, um... I don't know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> One so of my. It's like a little creepy when it's Yeah. 
What is that? Is that the, uh, this is the, the boiler, boiler thing? I don't, I don't yeah. think that'll pick it up, so yeah. we'll just cut yeah. this. Uh, another <laughs> great score um, I found as well. I, I was just going to oh, say one, one of my other... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Um, one of my other honourable mentions was uh, based on a book, but um, the film is quite... It, well, the, the film is high fidelity. Um, it's yeah, a great yeah, film. Yeah. Like Jack Black has an amazing role in it, and mm. uh, yes, yeah, really, really, really good soundtrack. But it's weird because like so, some of it feels like almost some of the stuff, and not just the music itself, but some of the references to certain songs, certain music, feels a bit out of place because um, the book is actually set in a record store in London, and it's it's like a British novel. Mm. And then, but then it's set in. I think America, it's like, yeah, the, the, yeah it's, like it's set in like Chicago, and um, yeah. But then, but then it's like, there's a bit where uh, I think like a, a girl's after the new Green Day record or something. She's like asking yeah. if they have it in stock, and the, you know he, he's like yeah. the the guy is like explaining the influences on Green Day. Like, oh yeah, like they're definitely influenced by such and such a band, but like. He says that one of the main influences was Stiff Little Fingers, and I'm like, that is so incorrect. Like, like, <laughs> you, like, do you know what I mean? Like, only like, you know, a British novel written in the '90s would, do you know what I mean? Get that so wrong. Yeah. Um. Obviously, like, you know, maybe someone who grew up in the UK punk scene would think, oh yeah, you know, Green Day is like ripping off all these sort of like you know UK punk bands and it's like well no they, they, they weren't like they were listening to them don't get me wrong but they were massively more influenced by like the Ramones yeah. and things like that but you'd think like in when they made the decision to set the film in Chicago you'd have thought like they'd update some of those yeah, references right, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and like appropriate them if you know what I mean and they just didn't so it's just like <laughs> it's just, it comes across as quite funny yeah. I always found it quite it tickled yeah. me um, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, just generally got a good soundtrack and yeah. worth checking out. Um, one of my other honourable mentions was, um, I guess sticking with the Green Day theme again, which <laughs> Dylan will be pleased about. But um, turn it around, the story of East Bay Punk, which oh, I yeah. talked about in our favourite, in our episode of. Favorite. I'm going to yeah. start a drinking Film game for this. Take yeah. a shot every, every time Green Day reference. Yeah. Green Day. Man will get hammered. <laughs> but the thing is, that, that, that film has an absolutely incredible score. It, it opens with, uh, well, sorry, soundtrack. It, it opens with Dull by Pinhead Gunpowder, which is one of my favourite Pinhead Gunpowder songs, and just immediately sets the turn of... The East Bay is one of those scenes where like, they completely have like a definitive sound and yet, it's so weird because every every band can sound completely different. But then when you find out they're an East Bay band, it's like, oh yeah, of course, yeah, you can hear that in their yeah. sound. That that East Bay magic that you can't quite place on one particular band, or you can't quite describe what it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But there's like a certain, again, like all the bands sound so different. But then you know, if you were to yeah. play someone an East Bay band. And they were like, you know, getting into it, really yeah. enjoying it, and then you go, oh yeah, yeah, they're from like, like the Gilman scene. Mm. It's like, oh yeah, of course they are. That just <laughs> makes yeah. so much sense. You um, know? Uh, um, speaking of Pinhead Gunpowder, I remember because I always knew who they were, but I didn't get to properly listen to them until I started volunteering, you know, in the record store. Oh right. Because yeah. at the time it was Mike, was it? Because mm. he yeah, was Mike in money was, with. Yeah, well, he, he used, started up the store. Yeah. 
So, like, because he put them on and was like, oh, yeah, uh, right, you, yeah. you'll know these. I was like, oh, quite like this. I remember I, I used to play them a lot in there because yeah. Mike introduced mm. me to Cleveland Bound Death Sentence, which is another oh, right. of Aaron Comic Bus's bands. Um, okay. And I lost my shit when uh, <laughs> I found out, like, he put that record on. They only, they only ever did one album. Yeah. And there was a song on it called, um, is it Minnesota? I can't remember what the M stands for. I think it's Minnesota Public Transportation Service right. Part 2. But it's the sequel to MP MPLS song by Pinna Gunpowder right. or Minnesota Public Transportation Service, mm-hmm. um, which is my favourite Pinna Gunpowder song. Right. It's yeah. absolutely unreal. And then I didn't know there was like sort of a sequel to that song just by another Aaron Comic Bus project. Right. You know. Awesome. Can I just say another honourable mention? I'm sorry for mentioning loads. Go for it. But uh, I think he's only just started doing uh, film and TV stuff. But um, oh, I've got his name, Otto Blair, the guitarist Otto Blair. Graham Coxon. Yeah. 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 Um, so he's, he did, I think his first thing was <clears throat> uh, End of the Fucking World. See, his music yeah. in that, he does the score as well as the right. soundtrack. And it's just... It's so good. It's like uh, I don't know. It's like a mix between like, and uh, this also accounts to the music he plays in it, um, as well as his score. But mm. it's really like obscure six, like early sixties stuff. No, oh, yeah. And like obscure indie stuff, mm. and he incorporates that into the music. But it gives it such its own like retro vibe because even though it's like set modern day. Yeah. It's the way it's filmed, and I mean, I, I love the director well, as well. The, the aesthetic of but, it is quite 60s. Yeah, even though it's set in modern day, isn't it? Yeah. It's quite, it's odd. Oh, so which one do you prefer, though? Series 1 or 2? I, I quite like the second one. Um, I, I prefer the first one, but you know what I prefer more? What? Uh, even though it's, the second series has been cancelled. But the same director, and, and Graham Coxon does the music for it as well. Um, I am not okay with this. I don't think I've seen it, but I've heard of it. It's got uh, the ginger lass out of it. Oh, right. Um, she's the main character. Yeah. It's a similar sort, totally similar vibe, which is cool. But it's yeah. about, like, she's got, like, superpowers and she doesn't mm. have to, uh, you know, use them and stuff. Yeah. And uh, But it's, again, the same sort like, end of the fucking world, yeah. where it's, like, very, like, sort of dark in places and, and stuff like that. The first series, kind of. Yeah. Well, especially, um... You know the murder thing, yeah, yeah, and that whole bit leading up to it. Oh, that really screwed with my head. Yeah. Um. Oh, and just to clarify to people, I'm not. <laughs> I'm. I don't mean to interrupt of <laughs> the the other guys. Sometimes there'll be just times where they'll be talking, and, and what you're I'll saying is more s- important than. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. Oh, it's nah. more interesting. Oh, and more entertainment. Anyway? And- <laughs> More, more green day. But then I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be like, when do I come in? And then sometimes I'll think that, <laughs> right that everyone's quiet, and but then <laughs> they continue on. I'll be like, oh, shit, I, I'm, I feel rude. I'm now. thankful for it whenever you <laughs> you know jump in because, yeah, because me a brick. Yeah, because I'd have to be well, the bad guy this time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> as everyone will know, Casey is the most chatty out of us. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Well... Uh, speaking of Graham Coxon, mm. I had a, I had a weird New Year's resolution, or, or rather comical New Year's resolution. To kill though. Graham Coxon. Quite the opposite. <laughs> Quite the opposite. So, uh, 
sometimes it frustrates me when you know an artist that is is evidently just truly great you know when you feel like they're just underappreciated even when they are well known graham coxon is well known don't Mm. get me wrong but then like i remember basically celebrating my new year's you know we loaded up youtube and i was playing some songs like just to celebrate kind of thing like Mm. um after the countdown seeing in the new year and we put on blair's song two and my friend who i was with i I was just saying oh have have you um she really likes gorillas as well so we put yeah, on yeah. blair song two put on loads of gorillas and you know they've got like millions and millions of views like like song two mm. by blair has 128 million views on youtube and because she likes gorillas as well obviously like a you know a uh, damon Albarn project mm. i said oh have you ever heard uh graham coxon's any of his solo stuff and she hadn't so i put on freaking out which is I think his best known song mm-hmm. uh, certainly the, the the one song I know him for quarter of a million views do you know what I mean yeah. as opposed to 128 million views for something like song 2 and I'm like freaking out is equally as good a song as song 2 in my opinion oh, yeah. it's a fucking fantastic song like <laughs> but a quarter of a million views as opposed to 128 mil it's like as it, a member what, of Blade it was quite underrated this is it this is it it's like and it frustrates me so my, I made a New Year's resolution there and then to get Graham Coxon's freaking out to 128 million views on YouTube join the revolution people Christmas number one yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. oh my god yeah that can be the campaign yeah. get Graham Coxon's freaking out to Christmas number one that would be so appropriate like yeah. you know what I was just thinking as well like oh yeah you should let let's take a shot every time I accidentally interrupt case. <laughs> You'd probably end up hammered. Or or maybe I should just deliberately do it for, to make up for Casey bullying me at the record store. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think we yeah. should do it as well with the with the audience. It should be even fun. Yeah, What's that? Me and you Eddie do it when they interrupt. And then we'll just end up like fucks. We'll just be throwing up on ourselves, like. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to like make a filter that like stop like when my brain's about to go. It's like wait, they're not done yet. You'd be throwing up, and I'd be like, "Oh, Dylan, remember that Green Day song where it sounds like they're throwing up at the start?" <laughs> <laughs> They'll have to drink again. Oh, if only you could get like a a noise gate, but for people. Filter out all conversation of East yeah. Bay punk. <laughs> I've got I've got a few honorable mentions. Go left. on. Go on then. I mean I didn't really get into um one of mine, but Alright, go go on then. I don't remember. Well when I when just, I was on about the, uh, So turn it around, the story uh, of East Bay Punk. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess I was mentioning it in the other episode, yeah. but yeah. Uh, so there's pinhead gunpowder. We powder. ended up on the tangent about pinhead gunpowder, and then <laughs> <laughs> you mean someone interrupted me? Is that what you're saying, Well, you were talking about pinhead gunpowder, so I had to bring it up. But yeah, honestly, so having like <laughs> pinhead gunpowder alongside literally Operation Ivy and Fugazi on the same soundtrack. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then there's obscure bands like like Crimp Shrine. Mm. Uh, this neurosis and like all these oh, crazy like even, yeah and even like but even like Metallica are randomly on there because mm. they were just in the early days so heavily involved in like the the East Bay sort of DIY circuit do you know what I mean it's, it's such an like, odd mix I, I know imagine it's, it works. That, it was just what, a, what an incredible scene yeah. what an incredible time this was 
Yeah, an East Bay punk band. Yeah. Well, well, East Bay DIY band. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I heard some of that. There's a brilliant moment with Billy Joe. Sorry, where he's like, um, <laughs> he says he's always like Let's sort of like um, he likes to rub it in people's faces. The yeah. neurosis are from there. Like when he, you know he'll meet like like other famous musicians and they're like, oh yeah, you know, I, re- I really enjoy like you know music from your town and your scene and stuff like that. Like you know, who else is from? Like where you're from, and they'll go on about like, oh yeah, like such and such is from my area, my neighborhood, mm. and they'll be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, fuck you, we got neurosis. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, so true. I feel that. But yeah, that, that's kind of a cool thing with the East Bay car scene is just how diverse it was, especially yeah. with Gilman. But then, the, like yeah. the, the sort of what I was getting at earlier about like you find out neurosis is an East Bay band, yeah. and then you like. Yeah, yeah, mm. of course the fucking yeah. word. Like, that's why they were so good at just doing their thing. Yeah. I think that was, like, because it was just such a... Um, I don't know, it was just so, so like, encouraged in that scene to just do your thing. Mm. Don't try and sound like anyone else. Yeah. But if, if, if you particularly vibe with what another band is doing, go, you know, chat with their members and start another project and then... But, but put your spin on that and like I don't know it's just like mm. so much yeah. um, unique music evolved out of that scene right. it's yeah, like cool. Adelphi yeah Adelphi. Uh, some, somewhat yeah, yeah definitely because yeah, Adelphi yeah. has quite diverse nights a lot of yeah. like obviously they can do acoustic they can do punk and then you know like but a lot of the people go to the same kind of gigs don't they? it's quite mm-hmm. cool that mm-hmm. with Adelphi out you kind of see the same people you know at, yeah. at different gigs yeah, completely. Yeah, that's it. Like it's the same yeah, with kind the of the Delphi patrons are sesh. you know real music lovers. Yeah, mm-hmm. open to anything. Yeah, and it's kind of like that with the sesh as well. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, some people just go to get pissed, but you do have a big handful of people that like to go for the music, and yeah. each week it can be completely different. Yeah, but you can bank on seeing certain people actually in the crowd watching yeah. the yeah. yeah. Watching them. Do you want to go ahead even there? Just before. Oh, it's all right. I just want Casey to finish the story about this, this film. <laughs> Which film? Sorry, have I gone on a tangent? Which film? <laughs> the, the East Bay Punk film. All right. Oh, I'm I'm done. You do you done? Well, I could go on. <laughs> well, that might be a bad idea. <laughs> what was that laugh? What's that? What was that laugh of man? I don't know, but um, Nick. When, oh, you, yeah, when was, you read it in this up, yeah. can you um, can you take that out and put in the and then just no 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 just oh. just basically loop it on repeat really really fast <laughs> which a thousand times over Dylan's awkward laugh that he's getting <laughs> he's getting uh, self conscious about I thought you were going to sample the one what was in the other episode oh yeah the Woody Woodpecker laugh yeah. why does that sound like <laughs> yeah. a little bit? Oh. what was that thing we were saying like Darth Vader's Faded Sharpie Purple. Oh, the, oh yeah. The, no, Faded Sharpie Purple. Faded, faded Sharpie Purple. Darth Vader's Faded Sharpie Purple. Darth Vader. I, I, say that five times fast. No, Faded Purple Sharpie. Darth Vader's Faded Purple Sharpie. Yeah. Oh, was it Faded Sharpie Purple? My brain cannot comprehend that. that. Which one do you prefer? I, can't, I, can't say that one. I don't know. I can't tell the difference. Darth Vader's Sith Lord and his Faded Sharpie Purple. Sith Lord Darth Vader <laughs> and his Fairy Sharpie Purple. Darth Vader's Sith no, Lord Fairy Sharpie Purple. Faded Purple Sharpie. Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith and his Fairy Sharpie Purple. Do you know what? I actually wrote this down. Nail varnish, right? 
No, wait, wait what it, was came before, it came from a discussion Darth of nail Vader's faded, sharpy purple nail varnish. Darth right. Vader's faded, sharp. <laughs> Darth Vader's faded, sharpy purple nail varnish, or faded purple sharpy nail varnish. I think it's faded sharp. Rest in Betty peace, sharpy. people's brains. I'm gonna have an aneurysm. Darth Vader's. <laughs> And then Nirvana just Nirvana <laughs> intensifies. <laughs> Nirvana intensifies. Fucking <laughs> 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 um, and that song fucking does as well, doesn't it? Yeah, That's yeah. the beauty of aneurysm. But, it intensifies. Yeah. It really but then, does. like, rest it's... in peace, people's brains. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a weird segment. That people didn't even know what was going on, and they were just started doing that. <laughs> yeah, were we were we having the faded? Sharpy purple discussion before yeah. we went on air. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> so there's no, that's no contact. Leave no contact. Yeah. Leave no contact. I'm leaving that in though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so oh no, that... we've got to tell them. No, by the way, that's my new band name. <laughs> 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 the entire thing. Um, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Michael Andrews, I think, did the score. Danny da- yeah. Donnie Darko, Lord of the Sith. <laughs> Sorry. Do, do, do and you know? his faded sharpy purple. <laughs> Like, I think that that, bud, that the budget of that film was so small. I think the guy who did it did it all himself. I don't think he really did film soundtracks, but like he was told mm. to do guitar or drums, even though like he was a guitarist. <clears throat> so he had to learn piano himself. Oh wow! Is that what Madwell's off? Yeah, like yeah. that. That's a song he did because I think Tears of Fears is one of his favorite bands, mm. and he hired his like childhood friend Gary Jules to do the vocals for it. And like even just the soundtrack to it is quite. I it's didn't know that nice. was from that soundtrack. Yeah. Wasn't that a Christmas number one? Yeah. We were mm-hmm. on about it the other week, weren't we, when we were on about Christmas songs? Mm. I had no mm. idea that was on that soundtrack. Great song. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. from the original. Great version as well. Yeah, yeah, and the, the, yeah, and the original's great, and, like, yeah. that's the beauty of it, like, the birth great. And yeah, it kind of changes the whole, like, vibe of it as well, yeah. and kind of made it more Well, the, the lyrics of the, actu- the original song are really deep in that, but the actual song itself, it's a bit like hair in it with Johnny Cash. It just made the song's lyrics a lot more... Potent, yeah, 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 and definitely carries more weight now. Mm. Yeah, like Bruce had to do it all himself. I think that's quite 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 impressive feat, really. From like Mm. doing, yeah, I think it just met. I think the the director met him and was like, "Yeah, trust you, just do it." (laughs) (laughs) I bet that was just like scary. (laughs) I'd be Mm. terrified. Mm. (laughs) But have you seen Oh Brother Wear Out though? No, No, I don't think so. Um, Coen Brothers again? Oh, <coughs> uh, right, yeah. Familiar well, with Coen Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Big Lebowski and stuff. Yeah, yeah. okay. Fargo. Like, the did, old... they, did they do Shallow Hell? I think they did. No, I don't no? think they did. They didn't? Oh, right. No, it's not their style. Okay. I know it's not generally their style, obviously more. Um, did they know Country for All Men as well? Yes, you did yeah. that, yeah. But, I mean, all the soundtracks are always, like, pretty impeccable. Yeah. Um. I mean, this particular one, like, I'm not particularly big on like the whole like folk and country stuff but there's like quite a lot of like old school like country and kind of like folk mm. songs and stuff in it that mm. kind of like from back and back when and I think they kind of like display it in like a new way that's kind of really interesting because I think the film's mostly based on the Odyssey even though I think the Coen brothers never read the Odyssey mm. Mm. but it's about this um, I think George Clooney's in it and it's about his there, that journey back back home from mm. like escaping from like a prison camp from being like doing dodgy stuff or whatever but uh, they kind of and on the way they end up becoming like 
a kind of singing band and stuff like that and they travel <laughs> across the country it's, it's quite a quite impressive film it's not like a film like I thought I saw and I would think oh yeah I really enjoyed this film but I was kind of coma but it's, it's probably going to be good isn't it yeah and sorry Shallow how was the Farrelly brothers yeah. <laughs> it turns out don't know who they are um, I, well I think it's the first time as well in terms of visual aspects it's um, one of the first films to use that kind of orange blue kind of um coloration yeah on the films and stuff like that it kind of <clears throat> intensifies it's more intensified now like you see any action films flat there's orange and blues and stuff yeah. and I think it's because and you faded Sharpie purple in there <laughs> <laughs> I mean I imagine if you mixed like orange and blue you'd get like a faded Sharpie, Sharpie purple, purple. Yeah, pretty, yeah pretty much Oh, I'm just thinking one though Jurassic mm. Park Oh, that's great as well what about Jaws two notes yeah. two notes yeah. mm. and like Imagine, imagine the moolah from that. Mm. Just gone. Dirt him. Apparently, when um, <laughs> copyright strike now yeah. from that team. <laughs> Do you know that the famous? Oh, I don't even know who composed it, but you know. It's Beethoven, isn't it? Is it Beethoven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into classical. I'm honestly, I'm not. I'm not that famous composer. <laughs> I went through like like a weird sort of maybe three or four month phase of listening to loads of classical, and then got bored of it, and now I can't stand classical music. Right. But um, I was listening to like classic FM and buying like classical CDs from charity shops. And then just like now, I'm just like. Why could I imagine you just like? But anyway, like appar- apparently, smart. apparently, like, um, I think it. I don't know if like how true it is, but there is like a myth that like his mm. wife left him when uh, he he played her those like two notes like da 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 and said this is my masterpiece. This is gonna make me <laughs> like. Do you know what I mean? And it's like he like lost his family because of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, but you can't hang that. so much on two notes. It's, it's yeah. yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's not quite Jaws, is it though? Fuck better yeah. yeah. What has he ever done? When he died. Fuck better than me. Was it John <laughs> Williams who did Jaws? I can't remember. I, I remember that it is a I mean, very Beethoven long didn't do Jaws. <laughs> I remember Back that it was day. like a really well-known composer who did Jaws. My, actually, I'm... I think it was Spielberg one who directed it. Yeah, he directed it, so it could have been because I think John Williams did work. Yeah, well, because uh, Steven Spielberg, I right, I might be wrong, but it, Steven Spielberg might have been the one who recommended John Williams to George Lucas. I think, yeah, yeah that's right. Because yeah. he'd composed it for yeah. yeah, it was John Williams. I mm. think this was the score. He did Jurassic for Park, why right? Steven Spielberg recommended it. wait when mm. did Jaws come out Late 95 oh, yeah. so it was before Star Wars so I think it was after a little he did after that. Beethoven then yeah. <laughs> I'm getting just cross about wires there just about 100 years oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah have you read his new album oh Jaws composed no, by Casey Stead so <laughs> bit more contemporary yeah I think I think he's just he doesn't do the piano no more mm. what about Beethoven yeah He's yeah. gone on to... Um, He's into dubstep, isn't he? Yeah. Oh my God. He invented dubstep, I heard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't um, like his trap album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, let's have... Imagine, um, imagine Beethoven rapping. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's have, um, like, Jaws remastered, done by Ed. Just going dead. Remember those <laughs> epic rap battles of history? And <laughs> they had, like, Dead Mouse, was it? 
Beer Irvin he was versus. It was a, I think it was Beer Irvin. It was like Dead Mouse versus like this classical oh, contest. I think, I think that they're was like, so funny. I think they were like against Kurt Cobain as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Epic rap battles of history. <laughs> what a great scene. Imagine, imagine Kurt doing a rap in like in his style. Like that would be so weird to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, should we end it there then? Yeah, I think yeah. we definitely yeah. should. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Uh, Thank you. To so everyone. next oh. week, I'm just gonna say, should we do gear? Let's take a shot again because yeah, I just uh, unintentionally interrupted. Sorry, <laughs> Nick. I thought that was me. That sounds. Oh, no, it, no, it was my fault this yeah. time. I think Go we ahead. should talk about gear le- next week. Yeah, let's. Yeah, it's about could, time, isn't it? We've, yeah, we've left oh, it definitely. A bit too long, really. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I, I think, fro- like after episode one, I was Especially like, we need to do a gear episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, gonna... we need to decide on, we, you know, we could probably do like a whole episode on pedals. Do you know what right. I mean? Mm. A whole episode on yeah, amps. So we right. need to decide if we want to do that. Or I reckon exactly we could do we a two part next week. Yeah. Yeah. Call them both in one day. Yeah. And do, yeah. Yeah. Pedals and amps. Do you reckon Lovely. like um, amp wise, we'll just talk about what we use in our bands and that like kind of thing and. We just might as well discuss yeah. what, what we use, yeah. Like, we'll go by the rigs that we use and yeah. that kind of thing. Oh, we could bring our pedal boards in as well. Yeah. Mm. Take photos mm. of them. Yeah. Yeah, we could, we could put pics of them on the page. Mm. And maybe so tune in next week for Dylan Burton's secret weapon. <laughs> you want to emulate that Oh, You're going to love Casey's... You're going to love Casey's amp. Yeah. Casey has such a great amp. I really do. I mean, Nick does. Nick Can you does say that again for me, please, don't Casey has such a good amp. Wait, we can't tell <sighs> people like some of our gear because some of it's yeah, cheap it, now. Yeah, like, this is it. I am getting a little bit. What if, it, what if it, like the price car rockets? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't we, think we're we big do. enough for that. Oh but. no, we control the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I the created my amp. Like, totally. Yeah, yeah I, I invented my amp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I built Casey's amp yeah. for. Wait, by the way, we all play chord instruments. We all play chord Stratocasters. <laughs> you can get the starter packs for 150 quid. <laughs> I'll just have a, a zoom multi-effect <laughs> pedal and that's it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lance Hook straight spider. to your Lance yeah, 6 yeah, yeah. <laughs> That had to be next. I knew that was coming. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, see you next week. Thank you to everyone for tuning in and glad to be back. Yeah. Happy New Year. Yeah. Bye.